Homestyle Green, episode number 43. This week, I answer a couple of listener questions on concrete slabs, windows, hot water, and LED lighting. G'day, Matthew Cutler-Gosh here for Homestyle Green. Thank you very much for tuning in. This is a podcast about how to build a better home for people and for the planet. And you are someone who's interested in creating a home like that. You might be a designer, an architect, or a builder, or just someone who's interested in your own project and making a good home for yourself. Now, I had an email this week from a listener and subscriber to Homestyle Green. I'm very grateful to receive a question. I thought it was such a good question that I'd actually just read through the four key points there and some of the answers that I gave to those points. So um, the the main questions were about the floor, concrete floor, insulation, um, solar windows and lighting so covers off quite a few areas but I thought there are such common and also fundamental questions that it's worth going through them very quickly so first of all floors um, the question was concrete floors and the, the the person would like to have concrete floors but wasn't sure about insulating it. and uh, they also mentioned that they found the YouTube video that I prepared on how to insulate the edge of a floor. Um, they found that useful, and I'll put a link to that in this uh, episode show notes. Um, but they weren't sure about how much extra that would cost and how to do it. So I was talking to a developer last week, and they thought that for each of their homes, it would only be a few hundred dollars, so sort of two to three hundred dollars extra in terms of material and the product that I recommended was available from Cool Foam and that's in, in New Zealand but there'll be others around and this is actually a polystyrene product that is coated with a material to keep it uh, sort of weatherproof so I'll put a link to that as well Cool Foam the material itself is quite cost effective it's probably more likely to be the cost of labor that uh, might be the bigger issue and there it's probably not going to be that big a deal particularly if your builder has done it before and they know what they're doing the one little uh, catch might be if they need to put a little flashing above the edge of that insulation um, because it may be slightly thicker than the walls so moving on to uh, well I'll move on to insulation and there um the the person asked about wanting to get extra insulation in their walls and well certainly putting extra insulation in the ceiling is very very easy you just specify uh, uh, as much as you can really but in terms of walls it can be a bit tricky and the place that i recommended going and having a look for more information is zeroenergyhouse.co.nz and they've got a couple of drawings there of some of the different combinations of walls that they tried because one option is to go to a 140 millimeter stud which is thicker than the normal stud which is about 90 millimeters thick and that means that you can get more insulation in there because you have a thicker wall but another alternative is to use the same 90 mil framing which is standard and therefore um, pretty cost effective because it's so common but strap it on the outside of that with horizontal 
beams and then put an extra layer of insulation uh, horizontally on the outside of that. Now the benefit of that is it dramatically cuts down on thermal bridging. So you get the double benefit of not only having more insulation material, but you also cover up a lot of the framing that would otherwise the, would uh, act as a thermal bridge. Uh, so check out zeroenergyhouse.co.nz. They've got some good illustrations of some of the some of the options that they tried, and they actually found that the price was um, pretty similar to standard walls because it could be done pretty easily and didn't require any extra um, extra special care. Plus, it also allowed the the services to be installed very easily because they had their own special cavity. Uh, that doesn't have to have insulation around it. And that's true for uh, Aridon, which I interviewed the uh, Christina from Aridon uh, recently on a recent episode. That was, is a good solution to check out as well for the same reason that uh, services can be put in the, inside the framing. They don't have to try and fit in the same space as insulation. The other question was what, what to do about solar. And I get this question quite a lot starting a new house uh, get a few quotes for solar and people just aren't sure whether they can afford to go the extra distance with solar now we have to clarify here whether we're talking about solar hot water or solar photovoltaic or solar electricity generation and i would have to agree that unfortunately here in new zealand solar hot water is just not looking quite as appealing as perhaps it should and perhaps it has done in the past. So my recommendation there was to certainly try and get a solar-ready cylinder, because if you can't afford to put solar thermal on, at least a, a solar-ready cylinder can be easily plugged into later on. Basically, a solar-ready cylinder has a few, well, it has an extra inlet and an extra outlet, and it allows a solar collector to be connected to that storage cylinder later on. Um, but perhaps a better thing to look at would actually be solar uh, generation, so solar PV panels. Now, that might be a bit strange if, if cost is an issue. You might be thinking, well, how, how am I going to afford that? Because that's probably even more expensive than solar thermal. And you're probably right in most cases, but the thing that we should all be doing if we're building a new house right now is making it solar ready by pre-wiring or at least orientating the roof and making it i guess the, the term would be future proofing for the installation of solar sometime down the track because solar will be more common it's getting more and more common prices are coming down uh electricity prices uh, are going up stayed stayed um relatively stable for the uh, last couple of years at least here anyway but they are on their way up so solar's, solar generation, solar PV, is going to become more and more common. And you want your house to be ready to accept solar uh, with the least amount of hassle. And one way of doing that is pre-wiring, which means putting in cables from the roof down to a wall or a garage space somewhere so that the panels can essentially just be plugged in and connected to those cables. And some installers, solar installers will actually do that because it's in their best interest because you then become a good customer for them, a likely customer for them sometime in the future. So go to mysolarquotes.co.nz. That's mysolarquotes.co.nz. 
And there you can put the word out that you're interested in solar and within a couple of days you'll probably get a few people contacting you uh, either directly with a quote or wanting to talk to you with, uh, about and, and to get some more information so they can give you a quote either for a solar install or for getting pre-wiring done. Windows was another is another common question and that came through in this email as well. How do I get... Uh, extra or the, or the best windows possible. My recommendation here is to really push for the highest performance windows that you can. And I know that once again, price will be a big factor here. And windows, high performance windows can be quite expensive. They're definitely, there is a premium there. But think about this. You're, you've got a, a pot of money generally when you're doing a renovation or a new build you're probably not going to be extending that. So instead of thinking about things like Windows as we'll do this if we have the money, think about the things that maybe can be upgraded and replaced later on down the track. And I'm thinking here about things that are the more common things that are, I guess, more fun. Things like bathrooms and kitchens and bench tops and taps and fittings. Those are all things that can be relatively easily uh, changed later on down the track. It's very unlikely that you're going to upgrade your windows. So the windows you put in and the doors and the seals that go into a new renovation, uh, a new build or a renovation, they're likely to stay there for the life of the house. So that's a really, really important consideration because you're building a legacy for yourself or if you're going to sell that property, then you are creating something that's going to be there for a while. So don't build in redundancy, build in longevity and robustness and build in quality because you can always upgrade things later down the track that can be um, the, the more visual, more fun and exciting things. And I know that's a bit controversial because People like to spend up and they like to have the kitchen. The kitchen's probably the focal point of a lot of new houses. It's certainly what a lot of advertising and marketing for new homes and group home builders, they, they always focus on the bathroom and the, and the kitchen. But I really encourage people to think about uh, the things that probably are the things that can't be seen and the things that aren't easily replaceable later on down the track. So that's my little pitch for spending Spending more money on windows and perhaps scraping some of their money or reprioritizing from things like kitchens and bathrooms. And then finally, LED lighting. Um, again, it's a cost issue, but the payback here is so good for lighting. It's really um, not that much of a, an extra on the, on, in the scheme of things. Um, but the payback is so much better for halogen, uh, for sorry, not halogens, but for LEDs or perhaps CFLs. But the time we've moved on now from incandescence and halogens. So if you're going to a lighting designer or a lighting shop and they're recommending incandescence and halogens, you need to be pretty staunch and say, no, I'm not interested in incandescence. I'm not interested in halogens because I don't want to be building in redundancy in my home. And that's what you'll be doing if you have halogens and incandescents. And they may start talking about 
um, the fact that LEDs just aren't aren't the same and, and halogens uh, are a different color. Don't believe them. Uh, they, they're advancing a long way. The colors and the temperature of those bulbs are, are much, much closer to the incandescent color and, and light output that we're used to. And in some ways better. And I, I'm really excited about the the options that are becoming available in the LED lighting world. You can do things like strip lighting um, or panel lighting. It won't be far away until we have more uh, fle literally flexible materials that have LED lighting with with organic LEDs, and and what and surfaces that uh, ha that sort of glow and and are lit rather than the point source lighting that we used to. But at the end of the day, there are plenty of fairly basic surface-mounted or even good old pendant lighting that hangs down in the middle of the room. Uh, we were quite happy with that for a long time and then have task lighting that is for reading and for uh, writing and doing whatever else we need lighting for cooking uh, in, in the specific places that we need it. So I, again, similar to the windows would be looking at spending as much as I can on lighting because it's it's pretty hard to replace uh, LED uh, oh sorry halogen lights or even incandescent can lights that are, that are in the ceiling and I've got that problem now with the renovation that was done in the home that I'm in probably around the 80s and 90s and it's left me with 12 holes in my kitchen and dining room ceiling and without decorating that whole room and painting the whole ceiling which is a big job probably have to empty the empty the kitchen out and not being able to use it for at least a week uh that that's a problem to have those holes there so don't build in redundancy think about where you can spend a little bit more up front and it'll be well worth the while down the track all right, now you may have noticed that uh, my voice is struggling a little bit this week, so I am going to leave it there. I just wanted to bring you those few tips because I thought they were such great questions and I'm pretty sure that they're issues that other people are facing in their early stages of design as well. Now, if you do have questions similar to that, please do pass them on. You can contact me at comments at homestylegreen.com. Uh, or you can head over to our Facebook page, uh, which is Facebook Homestyle Green, uh, or follow me on Twitter at mcutlerwelsh. And it would be great to talk to you. So thanks very much for listening. Head on over to iTunes, leave a comment there, and let others know about the podcast. I've got some exciting interviews coming up, so looking forward to bringing those, bringing those to you. But for now, have a great week, and I'll talk to you next week. Are you about to start your own renovation or building project? I'd love to hear from you. I know that that process can be challenging and there are lots of decisions to make and it can be really hard to find truly independent advice on all the decisions that you've got to make. If you've got a question about any part of your build, then head on over to homestylegreen.com or Facebook, homestylegreen.com or email me, comments at homestylegreen.com and I'd love to see if I can help or we can reach out to our community to see if we can get some independent advice for your build and help you make a better home.